Hey, girlfriend, you were built for this moment right here, right now. Thanks for tuning in to the Built for This podcast. I am excited to share with you another amazing woman. You know how some people say they want to be entrepreneurs and then when it's time for them to actually do it, they chicken out? Well, we can't do that anymore because if we don't step up and share our story, no one else will. We're going to focus on personal growth and practical strategies for women who want to succeed. Come on and take a listen in. Okay, well, welcome everyone to the Girl Ask Me Anything podcast. My name is Desiree Foster Collins, and I am a leadership and technical coach. And what I focus on is helping entrepreneurs, helping entrepreneurs build themselves, build their business, build their systems. And in the end, they help to build a better world. They help to do better things. And I am super excited because today I have a very, very special guest. She is a mom. She's a wife. She's a PR executive. She is a an extraordinary creator. She's a visualist. Um, she does all of the things. And so please help me welcome da, 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 Marla Mateen. Marla. Marla's with Marm Artistry and Consulting. Marla, I'm so glad to have you today. Thank you so much, Desiree. Desiree. Um, that was an extraordinary intro. <laughs> now, girl, look, call me Desi. We are not being formal here. Call me Desi. Okay. Well, Coach Desi, you my coach. Um, and I am so ever grateful for you and your guidance and your mentorship. You have really helped me to blossom into the young woman that I am becoming. Wow. So I'm and very grateful. I am honored. I am honored to be able to do that for you. I'm honored to, you know, just be able to pour into your life. I've seen the growth. And so with you, you're my very first guest on the official Girl Ask Anything podcast. And I'm super excited about that as well because gosh, Marla, over the past several years, you've had extraordinary growth. You've had extraordinary growth. Um, and it's been fantastic. It's been fantastic. So the podcast is gonna work this way. Our conversation is gonna work this way. The first 30 minutes or so, what you got, you gave me some teaching topics that you wanted to share with the audience. And I love them because they are all you. They're all you. I'm not going to give it any, I'm not going to give it away or anything. So I'm going to let you talk to the people and I'll probably ask you questions as we go along. And then the second half is I want to um, spend some time because a lot of people don't understand what coaching is. Okay. They think that, oh, well, let me just go. And a coach just gives a bunch of advice to people and People are supposed to take that advice and just run with it. And that could not be further from the truth. You know, you, you, you hit the nail on the head. Um, I, I can't wait to talk about that. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about that. So, yeah. So we're going to go ahead and jump into it. Um, okay. So there are, just tell us a little bit about yourself, your journey up until this point. So, um, I am originally from Arkansas, Jacksonville, Arkansas, to be exact. I've been living in Southern California 
um, by way of Riverside and Moreno Valley now for the past 12 years. And um, yeah, I, I got married about a year after moving here. And then um, maybe about two years after that, we bought our first home. And then a few years after that, the babies started coming. Um, but before all of that, um, I graduated high school and went straight to college at Arkansas State and um, very little financial backing. So I was working two and three jobs while I was trying to go to school and it just wasn't working for me. So I spoke with my uncle who uh, lives in Cincinnati, Ohio and asked him if I could come and live with him for a little while to help me, you know, so that I could um, kind of figure out what I wanted to do in life. Um, music has been my passion. Writing is my passion. I love talking with people and um, doing a lot of storytelling and, and documentary type uh, writing. And so um, in 2005, I decided to make that leap of faith and, and move out of the state. And I lived with him for about nine months. And in that time, I worked a couple of jobs, daycare, jewelry store. Um, and then I auditioned for a gospel play and landed a role. And when I did that, um, another opportunity to audition for a, a girl, a female R&B group opened up for me and I auditioned and then I was I was one of two that were chosen from the area and so in 2006 I moved to Atlanta signed this recording contract lived in a house with three other strangers um we did the whole nine we did a whole album we did a professional photo shoot so did you do all this before you got married or was yes this Okay. Yes. This was in my early twenties. I was, when I moved to Cincinnati, I had turned, I turned 21, um, like a week after moving there, um, in 2005. And so by the time I moved to Atlanta, I was turning 22. And while we were in this group, we learned a lot of things about the guy who put us together um, the feds were after him and oh Lord, I could definitely write a book about that experience because it was literally out, you know, back in the day before social media, it was like, you got to pay your dues to get in the industry. Mm -hmm. And so, um, paying your dues was, you know, doing things for free, um, getting gypped on, <laughs> on agreements and mm -hmm. all kinds of craziness. Um, and I prayed to God and I said, God, you know what, this, this bonus money that I was promised is not worth my soul. I want out. Mm -hmm. And literally like six months in this thing, when I prayed that prayer, the next day, God made a way for me to get out of that situation. So you go and, from, you go do the high school thing, you go off, want mm -hmm. away to college, um, family help decided to go down the route of the entertainment industry, realized, oh, wait a second, this is ne not necessarily for me. Mm -hmm. And so you were able to get out of that. So fast forward us now, you are, you said, your young mom got yep. married shortly after you moved here, had babies. Mm -hmm. So 
so when I when I left Atlanta, I moved back to Cincinnati because I felt like that was where I was growing as a woman. That was where I was learning about my limitations and um, becoming more confident in my talents and my gifts. And so I went back and I stayed there for a couple of years. And um, but before I moved back, I had met my now husband in Atlanta because he okay. he had moved there too during that that time period. And so we reconnected and I came out to visit family and um, met up with him and the rest was history. He was like, I think you should move out here. And I was like, no, and we went back and forth for a minute. Right. Here's what needs to happen. (laughs) Right. So I ended up moving. equals we. (laughs) Right. So I ended up moving out here and, um, um, it took me a while. Is my mic working? Yeah. Okay. I must have turned it down. I'm sorry. So I moved out here and it took me a while to get a job. So I decided to go back to school and I went online because I said, you know what? By the time I land a job, I don't want to have to, you know, rearrange my schedule and, and be in a brick and mortar. So I'll just do the online thing. And um, when I finally started working consistently, I got a job at Wells Fargo in the home mortgage department and things started looking up for, for us as a, a little family of just two. And so, um, when I had the baby, we decided that I was going to stay home and be a stay at home mom. And that was not working for me. (laughs) Like, I am like, I want to be a stay at home mom, but I also want to have the freedom to do the things that I feel called to do. And so um, with that, I um, was like putting it out there that I do a little singing, do a little writing here and there. Um, I actually interned or I call it an externship because it wasn't like an assignment from school or I needed it for credit hours. I just wanted to gain experience in writing. And so um, I started working at the Black Voice News out here as an intern. And I wrote a few articles to cover that covered events. And then I did a little bit of project assistant work. And when the baby started coming, it was like, okay, I can't really do that because my fam- we don't have a lot of family out here. And so um, I put that on hold and then I started volunteering at the church more. And that was how um, I started working in the communications ministry uh, with Dr. Jamara Welch. And then um, when her term was up, the natural progression was for me to become the communications director. And so from there, I poured my heart and soul into that ministry. And um, I enjoyed all kinds of work that we we did there and that opened up the door for me to circle back to the newsroom and um so I started working again there and it evolved into other things and now I serve as the chief operating officer for Black Voice News wow yeah. That's and, amazing. and that also opened up more doors for, you know, for my personal, my business to expand. 
So I did a soft launch this year of the MARM agency. It's a full service advertising agency that I'm building. Um, I still have my consulting practice for other, other things that I'm passionate about. Still, I still enjoy writing and, and storytelling. Um, and then I work for uh, Riverside Studios under the Riverside Studios Creative Group. And we do a lot of creative work there. We produce film, um, we edit, we shoot, we write, we do storyboards. And it, it's been a phenomenal journey that, that I'm on now. My goodness, this is amazing. I was just kind of drawing out this picture. So you went from young mom, young married, doing a variety of different work opportunities. Husband says, okay, time to stay at home. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, wait a second. Now there's something inside of me that's saying, I want more. Yeah. I want more. Yeah. I need more. And so you took opportunities to explore what you, that fire that you had inside it and that, you know, you doing what you were called to do. Mm-hmm. And here's the interesting thing. The interesting thing about it is that they were volunteer positions. Yeah, I think think that's so powerful because when we're passionate about something, money or not, we're going to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and in that you went, there were like literal progression steps from intern to next step of communication director, volunteer back to where you were interning. Now you're in the newsroom. You go from there to today being the chief of staff, the chief operating officer, doing the thing that you were called to do because you wanted freedom. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I'm going to say this, I, looking back on, on where we are today, especially with the pandemic and me saying, you know, when, when, when my daughter and, and my son were, were infants, um, you know, I, I still want to be a working mom, but on my terms, mm-hmm. um, that would, that would, now that I think about it, that in and of itself was empowerment, you know, and, um, I can't imagine going to a nine to five now, um, especially after a pandemic, like I had the, the freedom and the flexibility to work at home. And when the kids were forced to be online, you know, doing their learning, it was, it was hard. It was very hard, but we made it through and they've picked up on stuff that I could never imagine doing at their age, you know? Um, but I'm, I'm really truly honored and blessed that I stuck with what I really wanted to do. And that was be a working stay-at-home mom, you know? I love it. I love it. For everyone that, you know, that will listen to this and if they had a question about whether the things they were doing and just pouring their heart and soul into what they love, first of all, knowing what it is that they love. Yeah. You know, I, I wrote something earlier, earlier today about hope and hope in your dreams and there are like thousands of people walking around, no hope. 
Let alone Isn't a dream. That, that's mind blowing. That's mind blowing. It's like some somewhere along the path, you know, the idea of dreaming just it became we dream all the time. Mm-hmm. But the idea of dreaming about the things that you really want and then putting yourself in a position to go after those things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just it's it's amazing to me. So I'm I'm seeing this picture, I'm seeing this pattern with you. Um I know that within all of the experiences that you've had, there are some principles that you learned. Yes. So the first principle I've learned is never give up. Mm, No matter how difficult the task at hand is, cry, scream, you know, go punch a punching bag, do what you got to do to get the anger and the frustration and the the those feelings of like not being good enough get that out so that you can know whatever whatever problem you're faced with there's always a solution there's always a solution so giving up is forfeiting what it is that you're supposed to receive and you you forfeit what you're supposed to receive when That's you good. give up. So let, let's dive deeper into that. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of forfeiting what you're supposed to receive. What you're supposed to receive. You get yes. to a certain, you, there's a picture. Um, I can't remember who drew it. It's It's like one of, you know, how memes, you know, become like viral, viral or whatever yeah. yeah um I seen this picture of a guy like there's two guys one on the top he's like digging and there's diamonds on the other side of this little slither of dirt and he gives up and then the other guy is like digging and the diamond is like super far away from him but he is digging and he's happy about digging Mm-hmm. Um, because he knows that the prize is, is there mm-hmm. and he doesn't give up. And I think that when we, when we face challenges and we feel like it's too hard, we give up prematurely and then we end up right back where we're supposed to be. That's, yes. that's the interesting thing about it too, because, you know, had I continued to go through school when I graduated high school and went on to college, my degree that I declared, my major that I declared was mass communications in 2002. Wow. Okay. So my classes, aside from the general education classes, my classes were all um, television, broadcasting, journalism, um, how to write, how to, you know, all, all the writing courses. And I, it's my passion. Mm-hmm. When I when I was a little girl, my grandmother, she'd get the newspaper. She was a school bus driver. And I would sit, I would come home. She would Sometimes we would catch her bus to come home because my mom would have to work. And I would come to her house and take that day's paper and pull out her little tape recorder. And, and I would spend my allowance on cassette tapes to record myself reading the newspaper 
as if I was like Alex Cohen or something. And if I would have stayed focused, I would have graduated with a degree in mass communications from Arkansas State University, but I gave up. Hmm. And look where I am now. I got back on the path. Mm-hmm. I may have, I did a few detours, but I'm doing, I started doing, you know, what it is I went to school for and it's evolved into where I am now. So the first principle is never give up because you forfeit what you're supposed to have. You'll revisit it because the passion is still there. It never goes away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if your passion is still egging you and, and, and nagging you and, and never going away, why should you give up on your passion? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and there, there are people out there who say, oh, you know, we're not being realistic. You're not, you know, give up the pipe dream, you know, go do something else. Now you're married, you've got kids, you've got responsibility, you know, you're older, you know, maybe you should have started doing these things back when you were younger. Um, All those but- are lies. They're lies. They're lies. You know who this reminds me of too is you've heard of Tabitha Brown, right? Oh, I love her. Yes. I love Tabitha Brown. Baby, go on and have yourself a good day. (laughs) (laughs) Love her. Love her. Um, But one of the things I just fascinated by was the fact that she said that she asked the question, could you wait 23 years until Mm. your dream came true? That is a great question. That's her story. That's a she great question to ask. Act, you know, acting and wanting to be in the space that she's now in. Mm-hmm. It took 23 years. Well, there's a couple of things I would have mentioned here. Number one, um, the 10,000 hour rule by Max, uh, Maxwell Gladney. No, what is his name? Maxwell. Um, I see. Uh, I see. It's at the tip of my tongue, but. It takes 10,000 hours for you to become or be looked at or considered as an expert of an expert. one thing, yes. right? And then the second thing to that is people think that these folks are overnight sensations when they've been put in 10 years of work. Mm-hmm. So I've been out here in California for 10 years or actually 12 years, but I started working. I've been working consistently now for almost four years of that time frame. But being here for 10 years, you you look back and you're like, dang, like I, I've done a lot. And what happens is too, God, the universe, when you become clear in your intentions and what you really want, no matter the time frame, it could be 23 years, it could be 10 years, or it could be four years. He is a redeemer of our time. Yes, he is. Yes. So once we become very clear about what it is that we want to do and what we want to accomplish, God will 100% of the time align you with the people, the resources, the tools, the finances to back everything that you need to do to carry out the will that he has for your life. You know what? Um, you're going to preach over here. <laughs> I'm not a preacher. A confused mind does nothing. Yes. 
the confused mind does nothing. So, you know, when we're looking at time and time and space and, and all of the things that happen in that process, people get tired of being in the process mm-hmm. and they might, they, you know, we, and I'm going to say we, cause I've been there. We might come to a point in the process where we're supposed to learn a lesson and we get to the lesson. And we're like, dang, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. Let me try to skirt this way or skirt that way when you're supposed to go through it so that you can get to the next to the next challenge. Mm-hmm. Right. And we'll continue to repeat over and over and over and over until we learn the lesson. Sometimes, sometimes the lessons are not the attacks or the things that we see as roadblocks. Mm-hmm or the people, mm-hmm. the circumstances, the situations, whatever those things are that become roadblocks. Sometimes it's just the six inches between your temples. Yep. That's the That's, roadblock. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, ahead. so the next, the next, the next principle is to press into the challenge. Come on now. Okay. Um, last year, well, in 2019, uh, we got a really, really big contract. One of the biggest contracts we've ever had as a collective. And I made a very, very, it was a, a one small mistake, but it was insurmountable. Like it was huge. Mm-hmm. Like um, it was huge. And I can't tell you how much I cried over that one little mistake. <laughs> like I cried, I cried, I cried. And the lesson in it for me was to press into that challenge. I've always felt like I'm not good at math. I'm not good at algebra. I'm not good at this. I tell myself those things, right? And I felt like God was saying, stop saying that because I'm going to show you, you're not good at it and you need to get better. Hmm. And you can't move to the next level until you pet, until you get it. And so correcting the mistake, getting to a point where, you know, it was like, okay, we got, we're going to fix it. It has to be fixed uh, because everything can be fixed. Everything. Yes, there is can. nothing under the sun that cannot be corrected and we tell ourselves it we let we allow other people to also tell our tell us that you know there's things that you just can't come back from and that is not true um so what I did was I said you know what I'm gonna spend a week going back redoing the budget for this thing it was a it was a 1.6 million dollar project this was just a part of it there was Mm -hmm. more to it but this was just this 1.6 million dollars was just a part of the overall project Mm -hmm. and so when the opportunity came back around for another piece of the project that was done correctly let me ask you a question, Marla. 
in if we're talking about the process i just want to stop here for a little bit because i think that mm-hmm. there's something so valuable in identifying the fact that there was a mistake that had greater ramifications mm-hmm. right something small creates something big yes um that anthill turned into a huge it turned into mount everest it turned into Quick. mount everest and so what were some of the thought that you were thinking when okay you realized oh crap i messed up that in itself is one thing mm-hmm. but what were some of the things that you were thinking between oh crap now i would probably say something else but oh crap mm-hmm. <laughs> to okay i got to take this step mm-hmm. Well, I did say, oh, you know, all those other words mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> first, but what I was thinking in those, you know, in those moments, because then there were times where we would be on these calls and they were very hard conversations. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I was, I was in the mind frame of, you know what, I'm going to take accountability for this. I'm going to take responsibility for it because that's what real leaders do. And I'm going to just allow for them, you know, as long as they're not cussing me out or calling me names, I'm just going to allow for them to get their frustration out, however they feel is best on these calls and, and just reiterate, how can we fix it? Mm -hmm. If you're not going to give me the time to fix it, you've been in this industry longer than I have you've probably had some similar situations. So let's fix it and move on. So I became very assertive in how I was going to allow people to treat me over Mm. this mistake. And that was one of the ways I felt I was pressing into the challenge too, because Mm -hmm. usually I would be, I would clam up and, and just, you know, ignore people like basically ghost them because I didn't want to face it I didn't want to deal with it and this experience matured me to no end like I feel like after after last year when when all of it really hit the fan it was like I can conquer anything Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. I love the fact that you said that so you did not allow the what we call the gremlin, those, those, that self-talk, the limiting beliefs, the things that will creep up when we're still in the process, mm-hmm. you know, once you overcome something there, there are changes that happen inside of your mind that will dictate, okay, am I going to go backward into what I'm comfortable with, or am I going to mm-hmm. move forward into what's next for me into that growth that I experience that I need to have Yeah, the growth that I need yeah. to have. And so you decided, okay, yeah, screwed up. Mm-hmm. I'm going to own it. I'm taking accountability for it. Now I have to face the people that could potentially let me know even more how much I screwed up. Yeah. If they do, they're going to do it with boundaries. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm not going to stay there because right. there's more writing on us moving forward than us staying stuck. And in the process of that, Mm-hmm. I'm not going to allow myself to stay there either. Correct. So there's going to be levels of respect. There's mm-hmm. going to be levels of, 
of boundaries and there's going to be forward movement. If not, then okay, different choice. Yeah. And you know what? And the thing is, it was, it was hard work too, because um, it wasn't, it wasn't just that, that piece that affected my thoughts. Like I was even starting to question things about how I'm raising my children, how I'm, you know, interacting with my husband, how I'm interacting with my mom, my friends. And I went through some, you know, I called you, <laughs> like we, you coached me through that thing too. And I called my spiritual friends and it was a lot of prayer, a lot of meditation and, and just really listening for the Holy spirit to direct my next steps in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't think that I would, if I, if I didn't have all of those parameters in place, all, all those, um, um, what's the word am I looking for? If I didn't have all of those measures in place, yes. like the coaching, you know, the tapping into the spiritual friends and, and family members that I know truly have my back, um, going to my mentor, you know, um, the, I don't want to name drop on, on the no, show, absolutely, <laughs> but, um, going, going to those individuals and, and, and really working through it. Um, if I didn't have those measures in place, I I probably would have uh, completely and utterly failed. It would, it would have not been a good situation. That's so powerful, Marla, between, so here, back to the question that I asked you between, oh crap, I messed up and okay, this is the way that this is going to go. Mm -hmm. You, you mentioned so many powerful things. You said you reached out to your closest advisors, Mm -hmm. your coach, your mentor, and those that can feel your spirits, the, the spirit, the ones who, as you said, have your back. You know, we, we talked about, you know, we talk about, I teach on the law of the inner circle. And when I, when I teach on the law of inner circle, the circles are fluid. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's a five ring, seven levels, right. And all of them are fluid, but there are a couple that are constant. They are consistent. It's the circle in the middle. That's you and your creator and Mm -hmm. then you and your spouse and your, and your children. And then from there, you've got your inner circle. The ones that are in that inner circle, those are the ones that have earned that space. They've earned the right. Absolutely. But you know what? They can lose it too. They sure can lose you, it. <laughs> if you start to act up and talk crazy and all that stuff, okay, I'm going to have to remove you from this inner circle. Because, because if, if, you're not, if you're not with me, and, and here's the thing that I think a lot of people also, um, they look to people to hold them up in their mess too. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So it's mm-hmm. like, as long as they're agreeing with me, they can stay in this inner circle, no matter what I do. Come on. And it's like, no, it doesn't work like that. Not at all. You know, how can I grow and get better if you're validating all of the wrong stuff that I'm also doing? You know, um, having friends and family that really have your best interest at heart and will hold you accountable to the, to the things that you're doing wrong 
are a gym. And that's a, and that's absolutely. And that's another part of pressing into the challenge because you got to be able to take that criticism. You got to be able to listen to the harsh, um, um, re, you know, the harsh talks that you might have with those very close ones mm-hmm. to keep you on the right path. And mm-hmm. right now there's people, you know, they, they don't want to hear any, anything negative. And, it, and the thing is, it's not negative. Just because somebody's coming and telling you something you don't want to hear doesn't mean that it's necessarily negative. Mm-hmm. That is, we can go into a whole nother topic <laughs> with that one. But you're talking Absolutely. about, okay, so number one, never give up. Never give never up. Give up. Number two, press it to the challenge. Yeah. Um, and number three. Go for it. Number three is stay focused on the prize. Just like the, the story I was explaining about the two men who are, who are digging for the diamonds. You know there's diamonds there. Why are you giving up? You know that, okay, now I'm not, I'm not, I'm just going to make this disclaimer right here. I'm not validating people to go broke and in debt by going and, and playing the lottery because they know that there's millions. There, there's some there's some discernment and some wisdom that needs to be um, yes. <laughs> explored when you're when you're really doing stuff like that so don't be stupid is basically what stupid. she said don't be stupid <laughs> so you know but you if you know that there is something that is for you you keep pressing until you get the prize you know it's for you and and sometimes the prize ain't even for just you it's for others oh my gosh marla sometimes what you experience and the challenges that you go through you may not get the prize no but who you become and those that are watching you because there are people that are attached to your legacy yes it may be for them. Okay, I'm gonna be quiet because I'm gonna start teaching. No, just yes. keep going, keep going. No, it's the truth. It's the truth. You know, Moses, he knew he was leading the people to the promised land, right? Mm-hmm. But he couldn't stay there. It wasn't for him to take to carry them over the threshold. It was for um, what's his name, Joshua? It's for Joshua. It was for Joshua. It was, it was his time. Yes. And Moses knew that, and that's what real leadership is as well yes it is it's you know when it's your time to step back and allow for the next generation to come forward and and carry out the the purpose that they're assigned to Mm -hmm. you know and joshua knew what the prize was because his mentor groomed him and coached him and prepared him for it Mm -hmm. you know Mm-hmm. I would not be where I am today if my mentor didn't coach me directly and indirectly. There's mm-hmm. things that my mentor did not teach me. I had to figure a lot of stuff out on my own. And building that trust was number one, because without that, I, I, would, I wouldn't stand a chance. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's also a two-way street. I think this is a really um a really good place to to talk about this because 
there is, for those people that don't understand the difference between coaching and mentoring. Yes. They're two very different things. Mm-hmm. Two very different things. As a coach, I've been trained by the world's greatest, um, the world's foremost leader in leadership. And that's Dr. John Maxwell. You and I have talked about that um, mm-hmm. many times over. And when it comes to mentoring, a mentor is someone who has experienced and they share their experiences, yes. their wisdom, their where they've been, the lessons that they've learned. Mm-hmm. And it is for your knowledge, it's for us to, to hear, mm-hmm. it's for us to uh, understand. Coaching is not that. No. The way that the way that we coach is with this number one belief, the answer is always inside of the person. Yeah. Yeah. And as a coach, it is my responsibility to come alongside you and to help you bring you out. Yeah. And think of it like this. A great analogy is everybody knows that a sports team has a coach, basketball teams, volleyball, baseball, soccer, though we all know that the coach's purpose and role is to push their athletes to be the best that they can be. And it's also building team uh, cohesiveness and camaraderie amongst the teammates, right? Mm-hmm. When you go through coaching um, for business, for leadership, you are your team. Yes, you have external teammates, but your coach, like you just said, draws everything that you've been you've been burying inside of you, hidden away, dr- helps you to identify it draw it out so that you can show up and you can play your best game and win the championship for your life mm-hmm. and for your legacy. Mm-hmm. And without coaching, I, I honestly think that everyone who is in business should go through at least three cycles of coaching. coaching at has, least. It, it has changed me. It has changed my business it's changed my life mm. it's changed my my mindset yes yeah because it really is all in our heads mm-hmm. now there is work that we have to do with our hands and work that we have to do but the thoughts that we think you know you can't believe everything that you think no because we're we've been programmed since ch- since childhood to believe certain things about ourselves, about right? the world, about everything, about everything. And so, you know, I think back and, and I, I'll share this with, with your listeners. Um, the one session that we had, I want to say it was back in 2019. I want to say it was back in 2019 where I identified some, some hidden traumas that I experienced, but 
I had blocked it out for so many years that I forgot it was there. And um, when I went through that session and you, you, it was like, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to articulate this well, because when we started that session, I was so topical, like everything was surface. I was, it was weird. It was like, my spirit just knew that this was going to happen today. And I started talking about things that happened when I was in elementary school, junior high and high school, and how that bled over into, you know, my experience in college, going from a, a almost a 4.0 student to barely passing, you know, and getting my high school diploma, um, knowing that I had the capability and the competency to be at the top of my class, you know, um, but at the end of that session, it was like, I, I've never felt a breakthrough that I felt after that session. Wow. And it was, <laughs> I think I, I remember telling you that I got more, I, I get more out of coaching than I did when I went to therapy. Wow. And I went to see a therapist because I felt broken. I felt like I'm not getting this right. Um, you know, me and my husband are getting into it all the time. I don't feel like I'm worthy. I don't, you know, but it was like, no, the therapist was immediately wanting to put me on, on medication, mm. referring me to a psychiatrist. Mm. And I'm just crying because I'm like, no, I know it's not this. This mm -hmm. is not the way that I have chosen to go. And that shouldn't be where you automatically refer me. But yeah. it wasn't until my my experience in going through coaching with you that I really felt a breakthrough. And these levels that I'm on, that I'm going, I'm like, listen, it's me and you, Desi. We're riding this thing <laughs> all the way out. You ready, you, coach? You ready, go. ready, put me in, put me in. You know, and 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 for the record, like coaching, coaching is it's meant. It is not for therapy. It's not, if you are with, for those listeners, if you have a coach and, and your coach is, um, unless they are a licensed professional, mm -hmm. that is unethical. Yeah. It's unethical for them to act as a therapist. That is not the role of a coach. No. Um, but I, but from my experience. Understood. Absolutely understood. Yeah, I, from I feel the exact same way. Like, I've had more breakthroughs mm -hmm. on areas and it wasn't, and, and it wasn't anything big. No, it was just an unlocking. Mm -hmm. I remember that experience. It was just like, all of a sudden the switch just said, yeah. And you shifted. Mm -hmm. And I, I heard the shift when it happened. I saw the shift when it happened and it was like, okay, now she's we ready. can get to work. We can do this. We can get to work. We yeah. can do this now. Okay. So now that we see this, Marla, take that. And let's look at life today. Where is that? Where is that gremlin showing up? Yeah. Yeah. Where is it showing up? So let's go back. So number one, this is so good. <laughs> never give up 
never give up. Number my, my, two. I want to I want to just share something too. My my husband because our last name is Mateen. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like Matime, but it's pronounced Mateen. And he says to the kids, Mateens, we never give up, right? Love it. And when we got married, I was like, what hashtag? You know, hashtags are popular with marriages and stuff like that. I was like, what hashtag could I use? Oh, oh, hashtag dream team a team. We gonna we the dream team. Okay. I love it. And um he'll tell the kids, the teams, we never give up. And they they say it now. They're like, we never give up. So when when our daughter says that something is too hard, I was like, okay, what are you supposed to tell yourself? It's like reminding them, mm-hmm. you know, never give up. Oh, I love it. I love it. So for everyone that's listening, number one, never give up. Yeah. Number two, press in. Press yes. into the challenge. Feel it. Feel yeah. it. Sit in it. Allow yourself to go through it. Stop yeah. cutting corners and trying to go around it. There's no shortcuts. There's no shortcuts. You're gonna be you're gonna be right back here. And I'm gonna be like, hey girl, now you gonna listen. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And number three, stay focused on the prize. Yes. Stay focused on the prize. And you know what? Let's let's kind of flip that too. We okay. know as women that we are the prize. Oh, come on, say that. So if you if you over here looking at what who did it and what for and paying attention to what they're doing, you lost focus of you. Mm-hmm. You've lost focus of your purpose. And what you're called to do. You are the prize. Act like it. We got to act like it. Drop the mic. (laughs) I I can't do that. (laughs) Drop the mic. No, don't do it right now. Don't do it right now. (laughs) Stay focused on the prize. Stay focused on the prize, ladies. All right. So, well, let's, let's, let's switch gears a little bit. Um, Because I want to, uh, Thank you. Thank you for sharing your nuggets and your tips. They're fantastic. They're so simple. They're not easy, but they'll change lives. It will change your life if you focus on these three principles. Never give up, press into the challenge, and stay focused on the prize. It will change your lives. Um, the second part of our our time together, I wanted you to either bring, you know, your biggest dream or your biggest roadblock that you're dealing with, and we would, I would coach you through it. So, what did you want to talk about for you know this what? time? I know. Can you edit this part out? <laughs> <laughs> I think I put something in it. I forgot what it was. okay send send me a little reminder real quick so what you said you wanted to talk about as um your do you want to do the dream or the block uh let's do the dream the dream okay so the dream that you said you'd like to brainstorm is reaching the million dollar goal of your business yes the block of course is the funner one but we're going to go with the dream. <laughs> what, what did I say was the block again? 
You put your biggest block that you like to brainstorm is self-doubt and being leery of others. Oh, you know what? Okay, we could we're gonna get to the million dollar mark. I you, let's 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 talk about the block. We'll talk okay. about the block. Okay, let's yeah, talk let's about the it. block. I love brave women. Let's do this. Yes. All right. So what what um goal do you want to to uh, achieve from this conversation on being leery and self-doubt? So those are, those are two gremlins, right? Um, lacking trust in others, lack any, any place of, um, a mindset of lack cannot allow you to reach your fullest potential, right? So if you lack trust, you know, being leery of people, um, then there, there's, there's a disconnect because in, in my opinion, that shows that you probably don't trust yourself if you're not trusting others, right? Okay. Um, so what, and that what, self-doubt. What goal, what, what goal do you want to accomplish with this talking about this then? Okay, so my goal would be to um, work on seeing the good in other people and trusting myself in the selection of folks that that I choose to um to work with or work around um and another goal would be to trust to trust God more that you know if someone is not does not have good intentions for me that he will either a not allow them to get close to me or b you know he'll remove them from me okay and for the sake of this conversation um the outcome oh lord <laughs> this is why coaching is hard y'all because <laughs> you, you're not ready for that outcome because then you have to be accountable for it right um outcome can you give me an example of what an outcome would look like? Well, well, you're talking about, you know, this this biggest block that you're having is self-doubt and, and being leery of others. So mm -hmm. if that if the goal is to see the good and to trust yourself, um you're picking people and hearing hearing be more intuitive when it comes to when God is speaking to you regarding that. Mm -hmm. what what would that look like you know in if we were to if you were to call me a year from now and say hey Desi this has been the best year and you know I was dealing with self-doubt and, and being leery of others but here's what I've experienced what would it be so my outcome would be for the self-doubt is um that I have extreme confidence in myself in my abilities and that I, I trust myself to know that the people who I associate with are trustworthy. So those are my goals and outcomes. Okay, so tell me what's happening. 
what's happening with this? Where did this, what are you experiencing that brought this about? So coming out of, out of a, you know, we're not completely out of a pandemic, but um, going into the pandemic, I trusted what was um, told to me of someone's work ethic and, and the things that they knew. And um, slowly I, I started to realize that that was not the case. So um, not just for this in individual particular, but it started to bleed over into other things too. Like, you know, if somebody tells me something, I'm like, uh, I don't believe what they're telling me right now. So, but before all of that, it was, I, I didn't feel that way. So then I started doubting so, myself. Hold on a second. I'm missing something. So mm -hmm. experiencing with a person who was, you were told that they were one way. Mm -hmm. And then now you're experiencing that person and, and now it's not what you were told. Correct. Okay. Um, and, so, and here's ahead. the thing. I didn't do my due diligence. So I didn't, you know, you know, call references. I didn't check a resume. It was like, I, um, just openly trusted this someone and, you know, that, that really psychologically did something to me because then it's like, okay, I'm now believing people for what they say at face value. And I need to be a little bit more cautious. So Carla, when you, when you have open trust mm -hmm. um, with people, what does that mean to you? To me, that means, um, you know, what they're, t what they tell me when they share their story with me, when, um, they say they can do something, I believe it right away. Like I, I, there's not a shadow of doubt that, that is casted over that, um, with me until I see differently. And so, um, as an entrepreneur and working on my own and um, building relationships up until that point, you know, I, I was very trustworthy and, and really just trusted more than, than, and I trusted myself more because there were people that may not have been honest or not have been, you know, um, what they say they would do, but I felt I was more intuitive in that. And so there were people that I didn't just right, you know, right away associate with because of, you know, me trusting myself. So what was different in the trust that you have for yourself in this situation? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I'm going to say this. This person exuded 
so much confidence was so cool and calm as a cucumber um that I really felt like they were genuinely like where they say they were so what was but what was different in you that you believed oh that's a great question um (laughs) you know what I I I looking back I was in a I was in a a state of desperation I needed help okay and this person said that they could provide the help that I needed and was very very uh um articulate about how that help would come and what what the outcomes would be so when you have a situation that or can you tell me another another example of where you have been in a desperate situation and you thought the same way oh yeah um when I signed that recording contract and moved to Atlanta I believed yeah I believed that individual um what was desperate about the situation in the interim it, I was not in a state of desperation like I I was living with my uncle um I was working you know saving my money so that I could get my own place things were things were looking up for me and when I when I auditioned for the group and was selected you know at first I was like I don't even care like I didn't care if I got selected or not because I was really looking forward to traveling with the gospel uh production that that I was on and um when I moved to Atlanta and things started to be revealed. Um, it was almost as if the dream that I had was shattered. And I no longer trusted that person because um, I was sold a pipe dream. Um, and, and it was like, you know, something that I was passionate about, which was music and writing. And um that person was like, you know, y'all, y'all can be the next Destiny's Child. Y'all gonna, you know, blow up. Look at you. You're beautiful. You guys sound great. Um, your work ethic is amazing and, and yada, yada, yada. And when things slowly started to unravel and that dream was slowly slipping away, um, I, I had trust issues after that for a little while. And then I went back to my bubbly self and and was like, you know what? I'm not going to let that uh, make me look at other people. You know, that was their actions. Um, and so I was desperate. I was desperate midway when things started to unravel because it was like, how dare you, you know, take my dream like I need this I need this and you're you're you lied to me and then it and then when I realized you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna release it and let it go and I prayed and then God removed me from the situation um 
I really had to start over. I had to start over again. How does that translate into the experience that you're having in your business? So I don't have to start over because I am the, I am the engineer. I am the controller of my own destiny. And so the thing is, this individual is, um, in the long, long term, who knows this, we don't, I don't know, this individual might not be around me for very long. Um, but it did something to me, though. What did it do? It it just made me not trust people like I normally would. And it made me doubt myself, my abilities to be intuitive and discerning and wise, you know, like I've questioned myself based on the actions of, of someone else. Is that true? No. Why not? Because I still have those abilities. I still have the capability of discerning when someone is, you know, being dishonest. I still have those capabilities. And now I feel like they're even sharper because I know what to look for. Like significantly what to look for. And and where I failed in not doing my due diligence. So where does the where does the doubt come in? Where does you mentioned, you know, self-doubt mm-hmm. and and lack of trust in yourself? Mm-hmm. Um, you know you've mentioned trust several times so where's the where's the self-doubt coming in the self-doubt I think is coming from just that just the questioning of you know are you who you say you are you know like are do you know what you're doing you know I don't know. What do you mean by that? <laughs> um, ugh. Desi, you put me in the hot seat for real. <laughs> no, I did this to myself because I said I was going to do this. <laughs> um, the the self doubt. It comes in. Um, I guess more like in the form of the imposter syndrome, maybe. Would that that be the same thing though? No, it wouldn't be the same thing. But what are you you believing? The gremlins. Ah. So tell me what's what's true about that. What what's true about the imposter? 
There's nothing true. But but it's showing up. Yeah. So what what's it saying? Like you don't belong where you're where you are. You know, you're not as good as you think you are. Um you're not as experienced as the next person. Um you're not as articulate um, as you think you are. So all of these things that, you know, I've worked hard to overcome, they're starting to, um, you know, rear their little heads. And so it's like, okay, well, how, how do I cut it off at the root and uh, and and find confidence and know that those feelings and those thoughts won't come back so when you believe the thought that you don't belong that you're not experienced enough you're not you're not articulate enough how do you react a lot of times i'll write on a piece of paper everything that i am so when those thoughts come up, I'll write, you know, affirmations. I am smart. I am beautiful. I am articulate. You know, I counteract it by writing it out because that's a lot of the ways that I process things um, by writing and actually doing the thing. Um, so that that's how I come out of those self um, yeah those self damaging thoughts so what Marla um, what is what's missing that's causing you to want to lean in more to the intuition what's what's making me want to lean into no what's missing that's causing you to want to lean into the intuition um time like making the time to process certain things so that I don't find myself in situations where I I can be um, in a mental state of self-doubt. So like I've, I've really been working hard at trying to get up early and, and really set my day. Um, I'm getting better, but my hours are weird. Like I wake up at two o'clock in the morning, wide awake. And then I, I'm like, oh, I'm sleepy around 3.30. I go back to sleep. And then I wake back up at like six. Um, and so that makes me more tired through during the day and I don't have the mental clarity that I need or that I feel that I need in order to deliver, um, the work, you know, um, with excellence. Is Is it to deliver the work? I would say, yeah. 
because a lot of a lot of what I'm doing is is reporting and writing and things like that. So, so if who, I'm not, who would you be if you had the time to process so that you could have mental clarity? So when the when the self doubt comes up or the lack of trust comes up or not feeling in tune comes up who would you be if you did create the space i would be unstoppable <laughs> i might be unstoppable now but what else i would be i would be fearless i wouldn't i wouldn't feel as though the eyes are watching me you know because I think too uh, part of it is like the lens is on me and if I make one mistake then it's like oh is this person you know is she even competent enough to hold the position that she's in mm. you know so it's not necessarily like the thoughts that I have about myself then I'm thinking, okay, what are they thinking about me? Who told you that they were thinking that? That's what, that's what I'm thinking. I'm telling myself, <laughs> nobody, wow. nobody is telling me anything that they're thinking about me. So it makes it true. I'm then. making, Ooh, that, that, that's a tough one to swallow. Cause it's not true. I don't so know what, what, what people, what are makes thinking. it true. It carries no weight. There's nothing that makes it true. There's nothing that makes it true. Okay. So now that we've established that, what are you thinking now? I am capable and competent, fearless and powerful. And I belong where I am because the work, the time, the energy that I've put into everything that I've touched, everything that I've consumed, everything that has crossed me, my path um, has brought me here. And and I'm grateful so, that I can that I can I have the ability to change my mind. I have the ability to change my mind. So what are you going to do differently tomorrow morning? I am going to wake up and dance. <laughs> okay, no, seriously, I'm going to wake up and set my day. And write my affirmations so that whenever the little gremlins come up, I can immediately go to the place that I need to go with no, with no lapse, because I think that's what happens. Like when I'm, when I get into the, this, the headspace of the self-doubt that, that internal talk, the, the dialogue that happens. 
um, if I'm not immediately going to my affirmations, that's when it starts to fester and it grows Mm. and it's harder to come out of it. Mm. Yeah, that's powerful. That's powerful. So you're going to, your, your way forward, if you were to succinctly put that in a sentence, your Mm -hmm. way forward would be. My way forward would be that I will, okay, let me, let me reword this. I have to operate in my, I am because I know that I am capable and competent in the space that I am in. So that. So that I can, excuse me. So that I can, hold on a second, it's coming. So that I can be able to clearly and intuitively discern the things that are for me and work with excellence to make sure that that myself and others are where where we need to be. What will happen if you don't? Don't stay there. Like address it and press in, press into the challenge. Press in, keep my eyes on the prize and never give up. I love it. That was beautiful. Why that was be- so even though even though I've been through so many coaching sessions with you, I, that was hard, Desi. It's still hard. The, the beauty of coaching is that we're always in a space of openness. We're always mm-hmm. in a space of growth. We're always in a space of being ready to receive whatever it is that is for us Mm -hmm. and I think that you articulated it beautifully um how did that feel to you it feels good I feel lighter like this week um this week has actually been a a decent week like I feel I feel good um it was rough like Today is Thursday. Yesterday, usually I don't have as many meetings on a Wednesday. And yesterday, it felt like a Tuesday and a Monday. It was back to back. And so to be in that space of constant, like having to think, there was no downtime, you know? Um, so I feel like going through this exercise tonight, it's, it feels lighter. Like I feel tomorrow and this weekend is going to be amazing. You um, identified very clearly that your way forward is that you're going to 
have time to process so that you can have your mental clarity. Mm-hmm. Um, so your commitment to that. Starting tonight. <laughs> on a scale of one to 10. What would your commitment level be? 10. Awesome. Thank you, Marla. Thank, Thank you, you, Coach Desi. Thank you. It's been fantastic having you here. And I cannot wait to um, hear the stories of people that have, they get a chance to listen to, to you share and to see your experience. And thank you for, um, thank you for honoring me and for being true to yourself. No, thank you. I am truly honored and humbled that you asked me to appear on your show. Um, I'm so proud of you as my coach and I wish you many, many blessings. Well, everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for the Girl Ask Me Anything podcast. We'll see you again next time.